It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Blues stave off elimination thanks to a former Maple Leaf forward. And speaking of former Leafs, Nazem Kadri got a standing amazing ovation from the Colorado faithful, which we'll talk about. And then we're going to play a little bit of Leafs-related cosign no sign on today's show. That's what we got on tap and more on today's edition of Locked On Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Leafs Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also writer for the NHLPA. Lockdown Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from if you haven't already. Also, check us out through video format on YouTube Lockdown Leafs, smash that subscribe button. We're still on our road to a 1,000. Once we clear the 1K mark, we're giving away a Leafs jersey, so you're going to want to make sure that you subscribe and share with all your friends. All We need all of Leafs Nation. There are millions of Leaf fans out there in uh, on the internet and perusing the YouTubes. So what's, uh, let's get these guys locked in here to Lockdown Leafs. Um, all right, Dave, we're, we're going to chat a little bit about what we just uh, saw last night, the abs and blues. We're getting down to it where it's one game a night. It's, it's really getting to that point in the Stanley cup playoffs. And, you know, last night's game was fantastic. Uh, it, it really had a bit of a bills chiefs, like playoff type feel. You remember that bills chiefs game this year where it was just a shootout in like in the fourth quarter, they're going back and forth. And then just when you think one team had won it, then the, the, the chiefs came back and tied it up and won it in overtime. That's literally exactly what happened in this abs and blues game. Former Maple Leaf Tyler Bozak scoring the overtime game winner to stave off elimination in game five and force a game six going back to St. Louis and I got to ask you, like what we saw happen with Kadri with the hat trick in the last game, you know, the other night we see Zach Hyman doing his thing. Now we get to see Tyler Bozak out here getting OT game winners is part of the Leafs playoff curse. The fact that we also have to sit here and watch all these former Maple Leafs just go on and have great success in the playoffs. Is that part of the curse? I need to, I, I should have pulled up the tweet. Because somebody put out every time a Leafs player a player gets traded from the Leafs, and it's a picture of a bunch of Gretzky's skating on the ice. <laughs> it kind of makes a lot of sense. So like Hyman, Kadri, Tyler Bozak, Frederick Anderson, like all these guys were Haggy. Carter Haggy, even Mason Marchman for a good chunk. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 really something uh, something that we gotta live with as uh, as Maple Leaf fans. But Tyler Bozak, you pulled out this stat about Bozy tonight. Now he scores the overtime game winner. But what was the crazy stat that you told me right before we hopped on here about uh, that that game winning goal? I'm gonna throw it up here so then all the folks at, on our YouTube channel watching this can see it. But I'm gonna also zoom in. Tyler Bozak hadn't had a shift since ten since the ten forty four mark of the second period. First shift in overtime, scores one of the big goals of his career. Holy yeah. moly! The guy didn't play for the second half of the game. Literally, yeah, he didn't play for the. He literally sat on the bench for half the game. Then they're like, "You're going out for overtime for a shift," and he scores that goal. Oh, wow. Now, it wasn't a great goal, I'll tell you that. But No, it, it was not. It's a goal that Darcy Camper should have stopped. You should have stopped that one, absolutely. I mean, maybe you screened a little bit. There was a little bit of traffic in front, but you put it on that. That's one you need to have in overtime, especially after you already gave up uh, a three goal lead. I mean, the Blues were down three nothing in this yeah. game, down three nothing. And then they stormed back, made it three three. And then Nathan McKinnon scored the most outrageous 
goal that I have seen in a long time. And it capped off a hat trick. And that place was buzzing. The crowd was alive. And I wish that would have stood as the game-winning goal. Because how amazing would that have been? Let's pull up this goal so the people on YouTube can watch uh, what we're talking about here. And, and, and if you're just listening through audio form... You got to go and check it out on on you know you'll see it all over Sports Center the oh, highlight if reel. If pack. you haven't seen the goal by now, you guys are like I don't know you guys are missing out. <laughs> it's all over Twitter, it's everywhere. Um, this is one of the most amazing coast to coast goals that I have honestly seen. I can't remember the last time I saw something this amazing in the playoffs where it meant you know there was so much gravity towards this goal. I know the guys on the broadcast were talking about. You know, like Mario Lemieux against the 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 Minnesota North Stars as like a comparison to to how it made them feel. Let's hit play on this bad boy and uh, watch this beautiful play here. So he literally picks up the puck from behind his own net, skates it all the way down the ice by himself, digs past the defender. And- who is number four there? I, I wish I knew who number four in the Blues. We can check because we might in a moment, but. Goes from backhand to forehand quickly and snaps it up over the over the goaltender top corner. Um, just an unbelievable. I think it's Bobby. Is that Bobby Bortuzzo number four? Uh, I thought he was forty four. Forty four. But um, that was just an outstanding goal, man. I, I just such a beauty. Probably one of the greatest goals in the playoffs that I've seen in in, in a long time. And. I couldn't help yeah. but feel, Dave, and this is locked on Leafs, so of course we're going to try and tie it back to the Maple Leafs. Honestly, sure. like my first feeling was, wow. Like when I heard the crowd uh, absolutely alive, singing singing like Blink-182, all the small things, and it, it, that building just popped. And all I could think in, my, in the back of my head was, I wish Austin Matthews had delivered a moment like that for the Leafs fans in, in Scotiabank Arena. Like, we never really got that moment in these no. playoffs. No, we, we we really didn't. And like, oh, it was Nick Letty, by the way. Ah. Uh, so that's why, that's why I didn't recognize the number. I forgot Nick Letty was even on the St. Louis Blues. Um, he had four assists in this game. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, actually, yeah. he was a beast for the Blues. But it just goes to show that Nathan McKinnon, when his team was that, de- basically they thought they were going to go away and win that game. They tie it up. So what does he do? Decides, all right, I got this. And like once he picked up steam, no one was stopping him. He was like, he was gone. No one was going to stop him from scoring. That's that's what a superstar player, that's what they're capable of doing. They'll take over the game and there's nothing you can do about it. And yeah, I wish we had we had seen that a little bit more from the from the star players on least, especially in a game like this. Now. It didn't work out, unfortunately. That's not his fault, man. That's that's definitely not Nate McKinnon's fault. He did more than enough to will his team into the next round. I mean, scoring that goal at that time after St. Louis had just tied it, all the momentum was tilting in their end, and he takes the puck from behind his own net, goes 200 feet, and roofs it um, going through like three different uh, St. Louis Blues on his way to getting that goal. I mean, it certainly wasn't his fault. And, and you know, to me, uh, Darcy Kemper, a game that he's going to want to probably forget about uh, as he heads back to St. Louis. And I wonder now how much it's going to be in the back of their minds. Like, they're, they're the pressure is now on Columbus or on Colorado now, realistically. Yeah, no, for sure. Because here's the thing. When you win it, when you the, – the, that's that game – the Blues have to feel really good about themselves because they're now going back home. They just win one, and then the pro- it's it's a whole new series, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So th- this is where you know the Colorado for you know as many chirps as I have seen from fans. I, I there's one person I know who's a big Az fan who always chirps about the Leafs. Colorado Avalanche haven't exactly had a lot of playoff success themselves, right? You know. If they had won tonight, it would have been their first trip to the Western Conference Final since 2002. Yeah, Patty Wadays. Right. So, okay, I understand the Leafs aren't exactly the model of success for the playoffs. But the Avs, since the Joe Sackick days, haven't exactly been a beacon of 
you know, playoff, uh, great playoff aspirations themselves. So, yeah, this is they they themselves have had to go over a big hump. And it, like the last two years have been su- very disappointing, like losing to Dallas in the bubble, and then they losing down to, to they're down to Michael Hutchinson between the pipes for that for that series, if you recall. Hey, you just find a way, man. Oh, I guess. You yeah, you're right. I guess I guess they could have found a way, but uh, we'll give them a little bit of slack on that one. Mm-hmm. But but yeah. I, 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 this this series has now gone very intriguing. That's for sure. Yeah, it, it certainly has. Uh, it's definitely gotten a little intriguing. I got a I got an intriguing question for you. Why don't we take a break? And on the other side, I'll ask that question. And uh, I also just want to show a couple of videos and photos that were kind of floating around of you know the 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 Colorado uh, Avalanche crowd just really. It was just like heartfelt their their appreciation of Nazem Kadri tonight after what he had to endure in St. Louis. He comes back to to Colorado and you know Avalanche faithful cheering him on, chanting his name. Um, there was uh, there's a great story about this fan who apparently had a bunch of signs made up. You know, I stand with Nas, and we'll show you all that uh, on the other side. But first, Dave, watch all the good folks uh, listening to the show about our show sponsor, and that is Built Bar. All right. Here we go, folks. We've been asking, and guess what? Built has delivered. Built granola bars are here. Built granola bars come in three unbelievable flavors. Chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. Oh, white chocolate berry. Want to try all three flavors? You can get a mixed box over at Built.com right now. These are so different from the bars and the puffs. Built granola bars are loaded with granola. It's the perfect combination of crunch and chewiness. It's not, but just like the bars and the puffs, these babies are packed with protein and covered in 100% real chocolate. With 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar, Built Granola Bars will change your world. Built has cracked the code to better granola. The, the perfectly healthy snack to pack in your lunch, take on the road, or eat as a snack. So if you've been waiting for a healthy and delicious granola bar to hit the market, this is your time. Hit the built.com right now to get the granola, the built granola bars, three delicious flavors to try, as I mentioned before. I'm most likely going to try to get the chocolate peanut butter because I'm a big sucker for peanut butter. So don't miss out and get yours today. Use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's right. You're going to get 15% off if you use the promo code LOCK15 over at Built.com. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano, Dave Morrissey with me. We're your hosts here at Locked On Leafs, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast with new episodes coming out Monday to Friday, uh, and we keep it going. The Leafs are eliminated, but we're still staying around with y'all for Leafs Nation to provide you that daily content. Um, You can find us wherever you find your audio podcasts, also up on YouTube as well. Uh, Dave. The question that I am going to pose to you is one that I think yeah, it might be a little bit of an unfair question to ask today in particular, but the game that we just saw Nathan McKinnon have really got me thinking, you know, for if you were starting a franchise today, Dave, would you build around Nathan McKinnon or Austin Matthews? Okay, so my first, I'm going to counter and say, is salary, are we on equal footing with the salary? Or we... Con- yeah, contracts aside. That's that's such a good question. I am I still think Austin Matthews, what he can do at both ends of the ice, is so valuable. I will still pick Austin Matthews, but I'll say this, it is very close. It's almost like, well, when you see Nathan McKinnon do it with a goal like that, that's how he can change a game. Um, I just think Austin Matthews, given that opportunity, he's not, you know, he's quiet about it too, right? At times with his play. Um, 
So I'm still going to go Austin Matthews, but Nathan McKinnon is really close by. Like, if I'm going with the top three in the NHL right now, it's McDavid, it's Matthews, it's McKinnon. That's that's like a, the, that's the top three right now. Yeah, it's it's you could definitely make an argument uh, e- either way. I think it's nearly a coin flip at this point uh, w- with those guys. Um, <laughs> you you kind of talked about how McDay or Matthews a little bit more quiet when it comes to you know his success, and in a way that kind of bugs a lot of people. It's bugs Leafs Nation how kind of quiet he is out there on the ice. He doesn't have enough enough emotion where Nathan McKinnon, that guy, hard on his sleeve. Like last year when they got eliminated in the playoffs, you know, he came out and he's like, I haven't won squat. Like we haven't done anything. Like there's nothing to be proud of about the season we had. We got to win, and and that's what we're going to do next year. That was the attitude that Nathan McKinnon had last season. That's not necessarily the attitude that we heard out of Leafs Brass and out of Austin Matthews last Tuesday when they did their locker cleanout. They were very happy with the way that things went, how close they were, how they did good things in the regular season. It's just like, you know, the fire that Nathan McKinnon gives you and the way that that fire, he's able to fuel it into a game-breaking performance like that at a big moment in big time. Maybe, like I, like I said, it, it, this is just, I'm answering this today after just watching McKinnon do what he did, doing what he did, and I haven't watched Matthews play in a couple of weeks. But, man, like, I might go Nathan McKinnon. Here, here's what I'll say in kind of against Nathan McKinnon, too. He's achieved almost, like, he hasn't achieved as much as Austin Matthews either. I mean, he has won a round. You can give him that. But he hasn't taken. Yeah, like, but he hasn't taken his team to a cup final. He hasn't, like, we we talk about how Austin Matthews, we wish he stepped up in these moments. Like, this is, Nathan McKinnon has stepped up, no doubt about it. But he's also, hasn't really achieved what a guy like, like, Connor McDavid has taken the Oilers quite, I think, further than than Nathan McKinnon has. So, that's where I'm about that. But yeah, no, I still think Nathan McKinnon, I don't know if you ever remember, he actually got like a sports psychologist when he had his worst season ever and it's changed the way he's played. Maybe there's something to that. Maybe there's something to the... Well, the Leafs, um, they did go out and get uh, was Greg Harden. Was it Greg Harden was the, 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 the guy who they went and got, the sports psychologist, the guy who like literally worked with Tom Brady and Michael Phelps and all these greats. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hall of Famers from around the sports world. So they did go out and get those guys. And, you know, a couple of players who had great seasons attribute that to Greg Harden. I think Mitch Marner has, you know, applauded him a couple of times. Jack Campbell for getting his mindset ready. You know, so they have that guy. It, it's it's there. But it, to me, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force him to drink, right? Like you can you – can, tell him as a sports guy psychologist all you want about how to be great and be better and 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 how to think but at the end of the day you know you got to flip this internal switch yourself and i know matthews has it in him i've seen it happen in the regular season i need to see it happen in the playoffs and and when i'm watching Connor mcdavid do right now what i just saw nathan mckinnon do i know they lost the game so it's it takes a little. Bit they should have won. He he gave them enough to win that game. Four that was points, um, four points and a hat trick. I mean, the guy flipped the switch. You can, like, you can only. It, it's hockey. It's not a game where one guy can truly, you know, drag you. But he did it as as much as he possibly could, especially with that. I'll give Vasilevsky would say differently. I will say. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, although, Wait, I no, like as a player, a skater on the ice when you're only out there for what. At most 22, 23 minutes of your Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. I, I don't know how many games Vasilevsky also would be able to win if, you know, Kucherov, Stamkos, Hedman, Sergachev, McDonough weren't in front of him either. It's, it's yeah, he doesn't score the goals. That's hockey's fair. like an ideal hockey and football to me are the ideal team sports where, mm-hmm. you know, one guy's not going to, one guy can't win it for you like it, like you see in basketball. Um, but, you know, it, McKinnon and, and McDavid are kind of starting to flirt with that mentality where they kind of are saying, Hey, hop on, I'll hop on my back boys. 
let's go through to the next round. I mean, McDavid's doing that 100%. And what, by him doing that, he's seeing everybody else elevate their game around him. Um, and, you know, McKinnon did that tonight. We'll see if he, they can end up moving forward. You know, I just, there was just a little bit, I, I want, I want, I get, I know Matthews has it in him. I know he does. I just want to see it happen in the playoffs when it matters. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to have that moment that where, you know, McKinnon scored to make it 4-3 on that unbelievable coast-to-coast goal and the building erupted. I didn't get that with Austin Matthews in the playoffs. We didn't. The closest we got was that pop pass, which was awesome, but it wasn't the same. You know what I mean? It, It just wasn't the same. The clo- yeah, the closest we had was game five when they scored that winning goal. Or, yeah, the winning goal um, where Marner shoots the – like, it was a ta- like it was a rebound goal. I get that. But, it, like, that was kind of like, oh, the Stars kind of, like, you know, they got the job done. They, they put the game away. Like, that's the closest we kind of got to it in that series for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, all right. Really quickly before we play some cosine, no sign, I want to talk about uh, the reception that Nazem Kadri got today in Denver. I thought it was fantastic. Do you want to start with the sign, uh, the, the the photo that was taken pregame and yeah. warmups, and talk a little bit about the signs that were created? Um, I saw a tweet, so I'm assuming this is correct. Realistically, I'm I'm, I'm kind of just assuming whatever report I saw, but. You see these signs that say, uh, stand with Nas. Somebody, like a fan, quite literally, printed these out and brought them to the game, hundreds of them, and placed them in seats so that everybody in their section, I think, and potentially around, I don't know how many people had them, but probably a lot. And, you know, as like in solidarity with Nazim Kadri after the, the, the nonsense that he had to endure the other day, um, you know, when he was back in St. Louis, and this is just amazing. Like you see everybody stand with Naz and, you know, it's a great photo. If, if you're listening to it and you know, I'm trying to describe to describe it for you, it's just a bunch of signs that say stand with had- Naz and uh, he's, he's standing there obviously right next to all of them. Um, it's a great photo. It's a great it's photo. I, photo. I tweeted it out. So you can go check out my Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. And you could see it. And then later in the game, there was uh, we could bring up the chant. I, I, this was in the middle of a TV commercial break um, where they were literally just chanting like Kadri, 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 and it was just it almost gave me boot goosebumps, man. And um, so yeah, I think. And you see him at the end. You you can't. You, if you pay attention to the video board, you can see him kind of like nod and approve. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's gotta feel so good, man. Could you imagine? Like incredible. Oh, incredible. Yeah. I tell you what, the Avalanche fans are doing their part to try and get Naz to stay on a hometown discount. Because after <laughs> after a night like that, if I was Joe Sackick, I would be calling up Naz and be like, "Hey, you want to sign uh, an extension here? Like, like let's." Let's just get this thing hammered out because that guy's got to feel so loved by that market right now. And and look, he was loved in the Toronto market too, right? Like he, he didn't yeah. want to go to Colorado, but now he's there. And after you know them supporting him after what had happened in St. Louis, like I said, the fans are doing their part to try and get Kadri to re-sign in Colorado. He's got a chance to get an absolute payday, you know. So I I don't know if he's going to, but uh, it's just it, it was really kind of moving to see the crowd uh, really, you know, get in Kadri's corner uh, after a, a tough kind of week for him. Yeah, it, no, it's, it, it was amazing. Cause like that's, that's where fans re- truly, that's the job of the fans yeah. support your guy, support your guy when he's going through a tough time. Now I know the situations are different. I know the magnitude of the situation is completely different, but I'll never forget that John Tavares moment where he came back to Toronto the first game after that loss to the Islanders in that first game where he had stuff thrown at him. He was pretty much made the villain for that entire game. And they like had that special one with Tavares and like people, people were like making fun of the Leafs fans for doing that. Um, But like, that's, that's where fans come in. That's the impact that fans can have because you can, you can bring up a player 
when he's at his worst. The, the, the players, I do, I truly believe that fans, uh, that players feed off that energy from the fans. Um, I think the coolest thing about this is like, it's clearly something that was planned because some people had like custom stand with NAS signs. So like, this is something that Colorado fans truly got behind. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, and I think maybe it shows, you know, I, we've, we've heard a lot about how, about the negativity of everything that Kadri has gone through. It's nice that on a night like this, we can talk about something a little bit different and provide maybe a little bit of hope of that. Something things can be a bit different. Yeah. So, you know, big, big night for a couple of former Maple Leafs. Nazem Kadri gets the love from his, from the fans there in, uh, in Colorado. And then Tyler Bozak scores the overtime game winning goal in his first shift since the 1044 mark in the second period. An unbelievable stat. Unbelievable. Talk about a hunch at a Craig Berube to toss out Bozy for that uh, for that OT winner and keep the keep the the season alive and send that thing back to St. Louis. All right, Dave. Uh why don't we take one more break and then on the other side, we're gonna play some cosine no signs. It's been a couple of weeks since we played this, so I'm excited to get back on the saddle. And before we do though, let me tell you guys all about betonline.ag our partners at betonline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information find all latest odds news and sport developments including this year's basketball playoffs the nhl playoffs major league baseball scores fights and even next season's nfl futures betonline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information from live betting to playoffs esports and more head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action Bet online, it's where the game starts. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. Dave Morissetti with me. We're your hosts here at Locked On Leafs. Uh, this is one of our favorite segments that we like to do, and we typically do it once a week. And for whatever reason, it's been a couple of weeks since we've been able to do it. It's just been so busy with the playoffs kind of ending and, you know, press conferences and playoff games and whatnot. But uh, excited to get back into the saddle and play once again. Cosign, no sign, Dave. If you are new to the podcast, first and foremost, thank you so much for giving us a chance. Hopefully you enjoyed the show and you can subscribe uh, if you're listening via audio or on YouTube. Uh, but if it's your first time, the way the game works is Dave and I are going to say a statement to each other. And if we agree with it, we co-sign it. If we disagree with it, we no-sign it. So that's essentially the gist. Uh, Dave, why don't you go first with your first statement? All right. I'm going to come out swinging with the first one. Okay. The Toronto Maple Leafs decide not to sign jack campbell and trade for a goalie this offseason oh does it have to be a trade for a goalie what if they sign a ufa okay how about this they'll bring in a different goalie i think it's likely a trade but we can maybe we'll generalize it so basically one of like neither jack campbell or peter morazic will be the team starter next season correct though man i think i'm gonna co-sign that I really think I'm going to co-sign that. It, it, like, just reading the tea leaves and you know, reading all of the reports that that I've seen out there. I've spoken with, you know, Darren Dreger and Chris Johnston, and and they keep telling me that Campbell's camp, um, and and the Maple Leafs are are pretty far apart in contract negotiations. And uh, this is Campbell's one chance to to get paid in his career. I mean relatively he's been very much underpaid the last couple of years at 1.6 million dollars he's got a chance to go out and make significantly more for him and his family for the rest of his life and maybe you know his future family so i i think that he is ultimately going to do that um and i'm not sure that the maple leafs are a team that's going to be willing to give him what he wants not even close to what he wants, to be honest with you. I, I personally would not sign Campbell for over $4 million. So 
Therefore, I think he wants more than that. I think he'll get more than that. It'll be kind of a, a Zach Hyman situation where there's just no, there's just a better opportunity elsewhere. So he's got to make that choice. And I'm hoping that Mrazek's not here. So I think that we'll see whether it's a free agent or a trade. Yes, I, I will co-sign that Campbell will not be back. And someone else will be uh, the starting goaltender for the Maple Leafs in the 2022-2023 season. And what I'll add to that, because if you are a part of our Discord uh, community, if you're not, I don't know what you guys are doing. got to get on that. Um, a lot of people seem to be on the John Gibson train somebody brought up varlamov but a good point that somebody made in the discord about varlamov is that six million dollars the money and the fact he's he's been in a tandem the last few years with sorokin so like can he be a starter like a full-fledged starter again i think he can i don't worry about that at all when it comes to varlamov he's he's only a tandem because they have sorokin I, i don't think he's a guy who necessarily you'd be worried about i mean he's been a starter let me quickly pull up um he's also 34 so he's also up there in the age yeah i'm not sure he's a guy who you're expecting to be a long-term goaltender he's probably somebody who you're just gonna grab for the next i think he may only have one more year left on his contract anyways maybe but i mean this is a guy who's played you know 63 57 57 51 games um you know seasons. it's just the last two seasons he's he's seen his workload go down even three but yeah 30 like says joining the Islanders 39 35 29 yeah yeah for sure um i think he was hurt in that first year when he was with the islanders they only played 56 games in his second year with the islanders well i think it was t- tandem with robin leonard actually was that the leonard year one of them was the Leonard year. One of them was Thomas Grice. Yes, I think it was actually him and Leonard in, in 1920, perhaps. Um, could that have been it? Anyways, regardless, I, I don't feel – he's a guy who I, I do feel comfortable playing 55 games. I don't, I don't think that's something that would worry me. It's more so the contract at, at 6 million sheets that uh, that I think would be would be tough. I mean, if we're struggling to pay Jack Campbell over more than $4 million bucks. I don't know if I'm too keen on paying Barlamov six million, which is why, you know, the other guy that 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 has been named John Gibson. I mean, he makes I think six point eight million dollars. I want to say somewhere in that neighborhood. That's kind of tough, unless you can get Anaheim to retain. But I I just don't see them doing that. Much less on a contract for them to do that. Yeah, um, I will say Leonard was the year before. So he he left just as that's uh, right. Barlamov. So Leonard signed in. Vegas and then or no no he went to Chicago Chicago, and that's the year that uh Varlamov came over right so Gibson has is at 6.4 million uh until the until his deal is done um this is a situation though if you're trading for a guy like John Gibson you're telling Anaheim you're taking Peter Mrazek as part of the package yeah yeah off like they have to. You have to. You have to give up. So you gotta get to make the salary work. Absolutely. Have, have- Absolutely. But even with him out, yeah. Six point four is a lot. Is it's funny because six point four, not a terrible lot for a goalie, but for a team like the Leafs, that's a pretty penny. It is. It is. This is why I I really do wonder if that's something. A couple other names that I I saw, like some UFAs. Uh, Darcy Kemper's a UFA, but I don't think they'll be able to bring him in. Georgiev's a UFA. Uh, Corpusalo, Braden Holpe, if he's healthy. Actually, didn't Corpusalo get re-signed with Columbus? Oh, you know what? He did, actually. Recently, he re-signed, I think, for $1.5 million. I'm a little surprised about that, actually. Yeah. Because he's on the outside. And the flower. The flower is technically a UFA. I don't know if he's going to want to um, you know, continue his career, but... Is a UFA? He said he does. But it's just a matter of. I think he's gonna be very, very picky of where he yeah. signs. So we'll see. We'll see. But ultimately, um, I, I, I do believe that we're going to have a different goaltender between the pipes next season. All right, uh, my first one for you, Dave. Mark Giordano will be the only significant pending UFA that returns next season. Ooh, okay. So I have cap friendly up right now. So that means no Spezza, no Mikheyev, no Labushkin, for and and no Campbell. 
are those the ones you're pretty much putting in Blackwell, there? My, I'm not putting Blackwell would be in there as well. Okay, so you're gonna put Ta- Blackwell in that camp too. Yeah. <sighs> I think I'm gonna. Man, the Jason Spezza one's a weird. One. I I feel like Spezza could come back just because of the the reputation part of it. But that's a tough one. The other guys I don't see coming back. So I'll co-sign it, but only if Spezza decides he's not playing next season. Interesting. Interesting. Because I think McKeev's gone. I it's not that I don't want him back. It's just he's going to want money the Leafs can't pay him. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. The the interesting I the only one that I'm kind of wondering on uh would be if they want to bring back Blackwell at a cheap deal just because he played decent on the fourth line, I thought, but I think it depends what they want to do with the fourth line. If they want to get a little bit more meat back there, then maybe they do let Blackwell walk that's and, the, and that's kind of the way that they can get it done. That's what I'm thinking. I said, yeah. you got so many guys that are kind of fit the same profile. You got to bring in something different. Yeah. And Blackwell kind of fits what, what the Leafs already have a lot of. Right. All right. Second one for you. Go ahead. Second one for me was actually going to be about the defense. We kind of discussed this the other day, but I think I want a more definitive answer. Uh, Jake Muzzin does not return to the Leafs next season. Oh, gosh. Um, This one's so difficult. Like, I'm so 50-50 on this. I really, really am. I'm going to say no sign. They like Jake Muzzin. And... I just, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm on. So here, here, I'll, 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 let's work through this, okay? So okay. this is why I'm struggling. On one hand, I think uh, Jake Muzzin, what we saw in the playoffs when he was partnered with TJ Brody, that was a fantastic pairing. I think we could both agree with that. Their expected numbers were were tremendous as well. Um, they didn't give up a whole lot, and they were incredibly uh, responsible in their own end. But if Brody ends up going back up to the top pair to play with Morgan Riley, I don't know who fills in as that guy unless they find somebody in free agency to play alongside Jake Muzzin. And at this point, I'm not sure I'm sold on Muzzin as a top four guy if if his partner isn't better than him to elevate his game at, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, at his age, I, I think that he needs a little bit of help, right? So then I'm thinking, okay, well, who would replace him then? And then you're thinking, well, is Sandine ready to make that leap? Is Could they believe in Giordano that much where he could play a top four role? You know, so I'm kind of on the fence a little bit. But at the end of the day, I, I think the intangibles that Muzzin brings to this team, if they can find somebody to partner with with Riley, and maybe that's bringing back Labushkin or going out and getting another right-hand defenseman or making a swap. We talked about that before, you know, whether you give up like a Sandine or something to, to go out and get a piece. I'm going to – you said the that he won't be back? He does, he does not return. I'm going to no-sign it. I think he comes back. I, I do. I, I, I just think that you're, you'd be asking too much of Gio and Sandine to fill in the void of uh, Jake Muzzin, and I don't know if they're either of those guys are capable of doing so. So I'm going to say that he returns. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to no-sign your statement there. All right, I've got an interesting. I've got an interesting one for you. Real okay. interesting, Dave. John Tavares will finish out his current Leafs contract still with the C on his chest. I'm going to co-sign it. I think it's very rare that you see the captaincy get taken away from a player. I've seen it though. And you, and You've seen it. I've seen it. I remember what ha- when it happened in San Jose with Thornton and then Pavelski taking it. Marlowe as well before that. Right. They did it three times. I forgot about that. And uh, uh, Dustin Brown giving it up to Andre Kopitar. Giving it up is... A, is like That's the thing. If Tavares gives it up, that's fine. But if the Leafs take it away from him, that's just a story you just... 
it adds it, it, not I'm not saying I pressure, but it's just an unneeded story to feed this media market. I just don't think that does not sound like this front office. So I'm going to co-sign and say he's going to finish with the C and then you're going to see like I personally, if I had my pick by the time his contract is done, Morgan Rally is still signed here. That's who I would be giving the C to if Tavares is no longer with the league. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think that's a nice little carrot that could be dangled in two years when one Austin Matthews needs to return and maybe John goes up to AM 34 and says, Hey, look, we need you here. You are our true leader. You deserve to have the C. You just got to sign on the dotted line, pal. It would be a nice, I think it would be nice if there were some sort of succession plan. Now, even if Tavares stays, I think it would be nice if he did pass it on to someone because oh, he signed some, an additional contract after this. Yeah, because I do think I I don't know where he'd want to finish. His want, yeah, it'd have to be like he'd be a Toronto Graybeard, eight hundred k type of guy. Yeah, no, and and like, but he's made his money, right? right. And you kind of hoping that oh, most yes, of these, he has right. A lot of these guys will have made their money. Mark Giordano, I think, kind of uh, set the retirement plan for a lot of guys in Toronto. Well, Spet- and Jason Spetsa started it, right? And Spetsa yeah. and then Simmer did the same thing last year. And now you got Gio. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, Tavares isn't as old as those guys. I think he only will be like 33 or 34 when that contract expires. It was, what, three years left on that thing? So he won't be as old as those guys um, and probably still has like one more decent contract in him if he wants it. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. All right. Um, Go ahead. Your third one. My third one. We we and actually there was an article from Kevin McGran, kind of talking about how the Leafs need some internal, comp. You know, some guys from within internal growth. Internal growth. That thank you. That was the word. Um, and so I'm going to put out this challenge to one Nick Robertson. Ooh. Nick Robertson breaks camp on not only makes the Leafs roster, but he becomes a a fig a, a fixation on that top six. Oh, uh, interesting. So Robertson. Okay, again, let me let me talk myself through it. So we're assuming that that top line probably remains intact. Bunting, Matthews, Marner which means the second line, if there's no trades made, you're looking at Nylander, Tavares, and there's still an open wing position. Correct, because so most likely Kev doesn't come exactly. back. Do we, even if he does come back, I still would rather have somebody else in that position, to be honest with you. Yeah. Do we believe that Nick Robertson can take that next step and – be a top a a legitimate daily top six winger who can help elevate Willie and Tavares. Do we believe that to be the case? Um, let me see exactly what we're dealing with here because he ended up having a terrific uh, like he ended off the year with the Marlies really well. Ended up with twenty eight points in twenty eight games, sixteen goals. In that stretch down with the Marlies, um, played okay in the 10 games. He was a point per game player with the Marlies, 16 goals, 28 points. Yeah. Uh, it was just injuries for him. It was, it was injuries. So maybe like if he could stay, if he's healthy, has a great offseason, I think that the Leafs are also in a situation where they may not be able to afford to bring somebody else in and they may have to give him an opportunity if they don't make. If they don't make drastic changes to the top six, then yes, I believe that Nick Robertson. Um, will be given every opportunity to become that top six player that they want him to be, that they kind of need him to be at this point, the cheap little ELC contract. So, yeah, I think I'll I'll co-sign that um, with, with kind of the asterisk that they don't make massive changes like trading away a, a William Nylander and, and changing things up. Um, yeah, I think I'll, I'll co-sign it. I'll co-sign it. All right, right, last one for you, Dave. The Maple Leafs, this mine's also prospect-related. The Maple Leafs will deal a top prospect away this summer to land a win-now piece. Co-sign or no-sign? 
So this is where I think that you, you're going to, if you're going to try to make a big move, you're going to have to include some prospects or young players to sweeten the deal. So yeah, I will co-sign it because the Leafs desperately need something different in the top six. And I, I don't see it with, with internally, I don't see that player. So who can they trade for? I mean, we don't know because we don't know who's going to be available. Things change. Um, I think the trade route might have to be their best route because, like, I look at guys like Kerfoot. I look at a guy like, you know, even, I mean, oh, if Nylander's yeah. name is out there, I mean, it, it all depends on who they decide to move. If they decide we're not trading Nylander, they got to move other guys. And if you're going to trade a Kerfoot, you have to dangle younger pieces to entice a team to make a move like that. So yeah, a prospect will likely be moved. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to co-sign that. Do you have a particular prospect who you think could potentially be that guy that uh, the Maple Leafs could dangle as, as trade bait? Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. So first rounder, would you, could you see them dealing out that first round pick? I think they're saving it for something. Like I think there's, I think they're saving it for a trade. Like let's say, John Gibson is the guy they want to target, and you're Anaheim. You're likely asking for a first round pick, plus. So you plus, right? It could be the first round pick. It could be, you know, you're gonna the Leafs are gonna probably say you gotta take Morazic off our hands, and then they're gonna ask for a bunch more. They're gonna ask for prospects. I got I got a package, and I just thought of this literally ten seconds ago. I haven't put any thought into it, so. Bear Always the best. Pack. Bear with me, but Sandine, a first round pick, Peter Morazic, and Alex Kerfoot for John Gibson. So Morazic, Kerfoot, like the salaries would make it work. So that's what I think. Like you have to have, it's got to be equal money in and out. Yeah. I think Kerfoot would work nicely in Anaheim just to kind of bring along those younger guys, and he's versatile, and they like the versatility yep. with a lot of those guys. The age probably doesn't line up to exactly what they want, but you can't have a, a, a team with just a bunch of young players. It's just not feasible. I mean, he's not. He's, what, 26? He is. 25, 26? Have... Like, he's he's pretty young. I mean, he's 27. Is he 27 now? Wow. 27. Where's the time gone, Dave? Dude, pandemic. If you think somebody is a certain age, add a year or two because the pandemic. <laughs> Honestly, I think lot. that's that's what we need to do. Maybe he, he was 25, maybe when he got dealt to Toronto. And that's why I just have that stuck in my brain. Because, yeah, he's our age, Dave. He's uh, he's going to be 28 this summer. Crazy. So 94. Best year ever. Yes, that is true. Um, Yeah, I think that's like, I don't know. Let, let me know down below in the comment section if you think that's. Is that too much? Like, who says no, right? Who who says no? Sandy, maybe we can put this on Twitter as well, on our Twitter account, at LockedOnLeafs. Who says no? Sandine, a first Kerfoot and Morazic for John Gibson. I would, you, when you said who says no, it thinks back to, I'm going to out my outlet for a second year on Sportsnet, where we did a hypothetical trade. I can't remember who the trade was. I think it was a Bobrovsky trade. The trade for Bobrovsky and legit the tweet said who says no and it was a hypothetical trade and people were losing their minds on the tweet. Wait, I remember the guy like current Bobrovsky at ten Schmil. No, 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 no. This was like oh, this was years ago. I wonder where this would have been oh, okay, back when he was like still on Columbus. I think he was still on Columbus at the time, yeah. and like he was not. He, I remember he had asked for out of Columbus. And uh, I, I have to fi- I have to dig up that tweet somewhere and find it because it was the most glorious thing. So when you said who says no, I'm like, well, careful. I can land you in some uh, hot water there. Oh, yeah. The who says no tr- trades or trade proposals are always very, very interesting. A lot of people will definitely say no. <laughs> yeah, probably someone will say no. Maybe we can get uh, uh, this. I'm gonna bring it up right now. Just end the show. We'll end the show on this because I found it. Maybe we can get Stumpy JD on uh, on the show. All right, Sergey Bobrovsky for Mike Smith, a first and a prospect goaltender. 
Uh, yeah. So like Mike Smith at the time, why I think he was a pending UFA. So I don't even know why they would do that. A first this would have been 2018. Yeah. And the, if you like read the article, like fake trade, like it was clearly, and people took it so seriously. Like, let me see some of them. So, like, look at these. Why? Slow news day. Done. Like, oh, it was, yeah. See, like <laughs> reporting the tweet. Oh, it was a glorious yeah. day. I remember the person who tweeted that. And we're just like, it was, it was quite a humorous day. So, if you ever put out who says no, I will always have that. Story Jay, we're going to put this out on the Twitterverse on our Lockdown Leafs account right now. <laughs> we're going to do that, I like, guess. Like, if you go to our account right now, it is 1,000% there, and you can vote on it. You can vote on it. Anaheim or Toronto, who says no? Go ahead. Locked, locked on Ducks Net podcast. Well, we should get we should get JD on here and and see if we can hammer out a deal. I'll play the role of Kyle Dubas. He can play the role of Papper Beak, and maybe we can try and hammer something out. See what's fair on their end. See what we like. You know, it's the off season, Dave. We gotta fill content somehow. So I think uh, a little role play, a little role yeah, play trade negotiations. Let's let's set that up potentially next week. We'll set it up, pal. We'll do it. All right. Uh, that was fun. I always enjoy playing some cosine, no sign. But that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked on Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Follow the show at Locked on Leafs. Smash that like button if you're watching on YouTube. Leave a comment as well. That will be much, much appreciated. Give us your goalie suggestions. Like, if you're looking to trade for a goalie, I want to see packages down below and see if you can do something better. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll think on it. I might be able to do a little bit better than Sandina first, Kerfoot, and, and Mrazek. But, yeah, leave it down below. If there's a goaltender you like and a trade package you can think about, toss that in the comment section. And uh, also, leave a review for us on iTunes as well. That would be greatly appreciated. Um it, it all helps. All, all the feedback definitely, definitely helps us. Uh, all right, we'll be back with another episode tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.